Welcome to Men in Charge. I'm Tony Flynn. And I'm Kevin Decker. Welcome, everybody, to the Big Fat Greek Season 10 of Men in Charge. We're still pretty pumped about that, aren't we, Tony? This is up to Episode 17, and it's got a kind of a terrifying title that makes us even more pumped because you can't say it without feeling uneasy. Oh, yeah. So and that title is, uh, and I'm giving you credit for it, Tony, A Stranger's Jelly. Yeah. <laughs> just, just what your mother told you never to accept from a stranger. Yeah, the jelly. Now, it's impossible not to feel a little uh, creeped out, a little queasy, a little, uh, there's, there's an unpleasantness in the notion of a stranger's jelly. And yet, when you try to figure out why, you come up blank. A jelly, like, for example, you're at a, you know, like Trot's Cafe in downtown Lower Heights, where they have those little jelly packets that are mainly for landfill. And somebody's not finished with his jelly. And you could ask, could I have your jelly? And uh, maybe he'll give it to you, maybe he won't. But frequently, it's a stranger sitting nearby in Trot's Cafe. Should you take a stranger's jelly? And is that even what the title means, Kevin? You know, we don't specify what sort of jelly we're talking about here. If if this uh, title, episode title, were pronounced in the British English way, uh, one might wonder if they were being offered a stranger's uh, jelly baby treat. You know, have a jelly here and 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 a birdie (laughs) basset, that sort of thing. That's right, but we're not British, and uh, we resist any pressure to become British. But what fascinates me about this is how eager we are to be made to feel uneasy, to take a certain pleasure in it without knowing what, I mean, people don't have jelly. It's nothing bodily, for God's sake. So I'm going to encourage people to uh, accept a stranger's jelly when she offers it to you, Yeah, whatever I think it is. Really, yeah, the burden of proof is really on the people who feel kind of a sense of disgust at this to show that there's actually something wrong. Uh, that, that's yeah. how I feel. Now, we are expecting the usual complaints, like that the title unnerved the, a couple of listeners. And so what we're going to do for those who were made particularly nervous or anxious is we're going to send them our jelly, but we'll only oh. send it to you if we don't know who you are. That's right. If you complain and leave your name and address off of the email or snail mail, then we will genuinely be able to give you us, strangers, jelly. Yeah, because you're a stranger to us. And also, if we don't have a return address, you won't know that we sent it to you. So it'll still come from a stranger. It will. It'll be like a a party line. Remember those? Party line, but, but in the mail. So- the, the packages of jelly that's from us, but you won't know that, uh, will circulate around your neighborhood until they get to the right person. The question is, how will you be able to look your neighbors in the eye while you're accepting what you admit is a stranger's jelly? That's true. And once you get the jelly, if you're going to give it to people, give it to someone you don't know. That's a good idea. We- I mean, jelly, like fruitcake, is the ultimate regifting thing. And, you know, it's so easy. You just tear off the two from label, affix a new one, leave the two blank, leave the from blank, and you're good to go. And more jelly will be spread around than ever before. 
I do want to say that in the British version of this show, Tony, where we sound like we do have, uh, you know, the the mid countries, uh, excuse me, the mid counties British accent, we have talked about a stranger's jam, which they find funnier. British do everything differently. <laughs> they're they're funny, but they're they're unpleasant too, just the way we are. Yeah. Just asking someone if you can put a British stranger up in their home for the evening, someone they've never met before, is likely to produce the same sort of discomfort as the idea of a stranger's jelly. Yeah, because uh, the British never go anywhere without their jelly. That's true. And some of them have thin, wet lips, like the Belgians. That's right. And plus, in spite of the national health, they have questionable teeth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's still true. So many dentures are sold in Britain that uh, if you put a, a whole pile of them on one side of a scale and, and an enormous pot of a stranger's jelly on the other side of the scale, it wouldn't even be even. No, you need to put more jelly on the scale, clearly. Right. Well, speaking of putting jelly on the scale, Tony, maybe it's a good time to spoil the surprise for our listener and let him slash her slash it know what is coming up in today's uh, episode. Well, we have the usual dazzling array, the same old, you know, comic splendor. First of all, we return to the British pub crawl with Stephen Crawley. We have not heard from Stephen Crawley in years. This uh, radio journalist who'd promised to report back to men in charge for years now on the temperature, emotional, psychological, and uh, cultural of the British people, but he's um, he's been floundering. And you'll learn more about the floundering when you hear this episode. He's in the dampest place in England. But who walks into the pub where Stephen is working? None other than famous travel uh, radio and TV star Dick Heaves. I would add to that famous overexposed travel writer slash journalist slash television star, Dick Heaves. Right, because when he takes you to whatever place he's taking you to, the camera's on him, less on where he's taking you. That's right. What's after the pub crawl, Kevin? After that, uh, another uh, one of our uh, close affiliates, uh, Edwin Slazak. We haven't heard from him for a while either, but Edwin's uh, always quick to come up with a new money-making scheme. This time, he wants you to throw away your face masks and replace them with a renewable, earth-friendly resource, place. That's correct. It's fish, kind of like a soul, and you can wrap it across your face. You genuinely will not be smelling anything bad from around you while you have the place mask on. Also, uh, I suspect people will keep more than the two-meter distance required by um, everywhere but the state of Idaho. A day or two after that mask has been pulled out of its uh, wrapper, people are going to want to stay away from you, that's for sure. So maybe you will want to take advantage of this sponsor of ours, Edwin Slazak Place Masks. After that, we have a new segment, a piratical one, called Captain Posey Sue. Posey Sue is a pirate. She goes after 
overprivileged white guy yacht and takes their plunder. But she has a special crew member on board. And we remember him. He's Timmy from Family Dentistry with Timmy. For reasons that we can't tell you now, but you want to listen carefully for, Timmy is second, third, fourth, or tenth mate on Captain Posey Sue's pirate ship. So that's coming up at the end. Listen carefully, take notes, and burn them afterwards. And now it's time, once again, after several years, for British Pub Crawl with Stephen Crawley. When Men in Charge's transatlantic correspondent, Stephen Crawley, brings us on a pub crawl to take the temperature, cultural, psychological, emotional, of the British people. As the listener probably will not recall, Stephen, having been abandoned by his wife and friends at a lay-by on the A1, was eventually picked up by a suspicious lorry driver named Large Mike, who, vexed by evidence of climate change, demanded that Stephen declare that he rejected all science. Stephen is later beleaguered by a few members of the Euro trash set who steal Large Mike's lorry and Stephen's shoes. We find Stephen now, after a few years of extensive CCTV and GPS surveillance, working as a busboy in a moist little pub on the outskirts of Lower Dampworth, Shropshire. Stephen, are you there? Kevin? Kevin, is that you? After all these years, men in charge is once again requiring my radio journalist talents? <laughs> well, well, Stephen, we never actually required your talents. And I'd been thinking I'd just say I called a wrong number and hang up as a Halloween prank. But seeing as you're now working as a busboy in a moist pub, and, and how moist is it exactly? Very, very moist. The walls and floors sweat in sheets, regardless of whether the air outside is merely quite chilly or brutally cold. So, as I say, given all the moisture and busboying activity, no further prank needed, even though it is Halloween. No, actually, when men in charge surveillance learned that you were working at a pub, I thought maybe you'd actually begun your pub crawl at last. Ah, the British pub crawl. To take the temperature, cultural, psychological, and emotional, of the British people. Yeah, that. So? What's the equipment? Just a moment, Kevin. Some people are pouring into the pub. Americans, it sounds like. There's a camera crew and some bespectacled chap wanting to call us to order or some such nonsense. Could I have everyone's attention, please? I'm Dick Heaves, the famous American travel journalist, international star of TV and radio, and I'd like to have all you locals appear in my show on British pubs. Viewers, when you travel, always mix with the locals and try to blend in the way I do. Bugger off, you Yankee back! Find yourself a dyke hole, you wasicky minge bag! <laughs> My, aren't you all so quaint and colorful? And you're very moist, too, in spite of the chill. Face towel, now! Ah, uh, yes, Mr. Heaves. Here, Mr. Heaves. Not the red one, the citrus scented green one! Yes, Mr. Heaves. Sorry, Mr. Heaves. Kevin, are you still there? 
This Dick Heaves fellow, well, he's stolen my broadcast idea of interviewing and commenting, taking the temperature. Wait, Stephen, does this Dick Heaves chappie have a thermometer, too? A thermometer? I... I don't know. He hasn't pulled one out yet. Then relax. You're still the thermometer guy. What? Oh, because I, I take the temperature? Yeah, right, right. But, Kevin, that was all metaphorical. Oh, well. Listeners, that's all the time we have now for... Wait, Kevin. Dick Heaves is making his way through the crowd with his camera crew toward me. Adoring viewers, here we have a busboy, a middle-aged sad sack of a man clearly broken down by the economic cruelties of Brexit. What's your name, sir? And how did you come to live in this bizarrely moist town of Lower Dampworth? Uh, the name's Crowley. Stephen Crowley. Actually, Mr. Heaves, it's quite a story of how I... Second best boy, more light on his left jowl to darken the shadow under it. There, that's it. Now, Mr. Fowler, may I call you Stan? It's Stephen, actually. Stephen Crowley. Our audio picked up Stan Lowry. Should we halt production to play it back for proof? Uh, no, no. Stan Lowry is fine. So, in spite of your odd and probably affected broadcastry accent, you look like someone who voted to leave the European Union. I bet you regret that vote now. Actually, Mr. Heaves, I voted to remain. You see, the cultural and economic benefits of... Never mind. I need to talk to a lever. Fortunately, this crowd looks full of them. Oh, but... He's a reminder? Stephen, enough crap, you cockwomble. Let's toss him out on his arse! Wait, no. Unhand me. Ow! Careful of the equipment. <laughs> well, viewers, I suppose a little horseplay is inevitable when British locals drink to excess and eat greasy food in a damp climate. Now, who wants to tell me why you voted to leave the European Union? Stephen, are you still there? Barely. Just because the local diesel breathers discovered I was a Remainer. And now I'm once again without a job. But say now, Kevin, doesn't this very unfortunate misprision of my best intentions constitute a British pub crawl episode? Your listeners surely have some sense of the temperature, cultural, psychological, emotional, of the British people now, at least in Lower Dampworth. Perhaps you could start paying me now, finally? <laughs> I'm afraid not, Stephen. Technically, Dick Heaves interviewed you rather than you interviewing the locals. Plus, you never produced the thermometer. So it is, as you say, another bollocksy cotton. I suppose I'll simply have to sit here in the rain, shivering, until I find an old shed to squat in. That's all the time we have now for British Pub Crawl with Stephen Crawley. Tune in again next time when we'll hear Dick Heaves say... Well, viewers, let's just skip Lower Dampworth in our travels with Dick Heaves, shall we? Hi, listener. This is Jamie the Engineer. Hey, I don't need this job, but if you don't keep tuning in, Kevin and Tony get really depressed, and that's when my half sandwiches go missing.
Hey, Edwin Slezak here. I just got out of jail again. And while that's bad news for my brother Larry, who's letting me crash on his couch until I find a place, my newfound freedom is good news for you, listener, because of the great new products and services for you that I figured out when I was in the pen. I got to admit, I missed a lot going on in society. For example, this Cortina virus has been affecting a lot of people. And for most people, it's been a bad effect. With societal differencing, we have to be in a different place than our loved ones. We can no longer hug and kiss just anybody. You've got to stay away from people. And what about face masks, right? It makes you hard to understand. It inhibits the gestural language of the face. And how can people see whether you're ugly or not? Well, there's always a solution from the Edwin Slezak family of products and services. Right now, I'm challenging you to replace your face masks with the innovative new place masks. Once the place, a common flatfish of the family pleuro necktie, was something you could only find for dinner on your family's TV trays. But did you know that the strong sea stink of the place can mask other odors? And if it can mask odors, imagine what else it can mask. When you order a place mask from Edwin Slezak Industries, you're not only getting the finest quality flatfish mask from the chilly waters of the Bering Sea, you'll also get adjustable rubber bands to keep it firm across the bridge of the nose and along the line of your sunken chin. Place masks come in three exciting colors, brown, tan, and done. But hey, don't take it from me. Listen to this scientist talking about the many uses of place from a film strip made in 1946. This concludes our fascinating look at the place, a fish of the family Pleuronectidae. Although the place's contribution to human progress has been up until now restricted only to food and a source of experimental anti-polio drugs, who knows what roles the supine denizen of the deep may play in the future? Beating the Cortina virus can be both fin and fun. So come on down to 11257.5 Lomont Boulevard, right here in Lower Heights, and look for the parking lot full of fish freezers. Place masks. Kill them while they last, right? I'm Edwin Slezak because I said so. Coming up next, a list of things that aren't coming up next on Men in Charge.
folks, I'm Timmy, and I'm five years old. You might remember me from those family dentistry with Timmy segments on Men in Charge. I'm that Timmy. Things have changed, though, since I was the head flosser at my family dental practice. I've been <laughs> kidnapped. That's right, folks. I've been kidnapped and pressed into service by the notorious Palm Beach pirate, Captain Posey Sue. Blimey, there's a billionaire's yacht on horizon. That's her, Captain Posey Sue. She's a rough, tough billionaire fighter, a sort of social justice pirate. Don't let that flag with the skull and crossbones fool you. All her pirates' loot goes to good causes. Captain Posey Sue, this is Palm Beach, nautical home of the shamelessly wealthy. There are billionaires yachts all around us. Why pick that one? Stuff it, you little gutter snipe. I didn't kidnap you because I needed a second opinion. That yacht's called Liquid Assets. With a nime honoring shameless capitalism, the owner deserves whatever he gets, which is me. But, but what do I have to do with billionaires? And why did you swashbuckle through my family's dentistry office and haul me away to the bounding main, Captain Posey Sue? Oh, do I get to be a pirate too? You leave the pirate business to me, little Timmy. I kidnapped you because I needed somebody to stay on top of McCrew's dental hygiene. Oh, no cutlass. No blunderbuss. No eye patch. No musket either, sonny boy. It's just dental floss for you. Oh! Now, be quiet while I board this yacht. Ahoy there, liquid assets! Uh, excuse me. I'm Chad Franklin, the owner. And I'm afraid I don't allow Dark Souls footwear on my yacht. It mars the deck. And who are you, anyway, to think you can come on board? I am Captain Bowsy Sue, the social justice pirate. Social justice? <laughs> Don't waste my time. Well, you're gonna have a lot more time once we commandeer your yacht, sell it, and use the Proceeds for a new wing on the old pirate's home. Sell my liquid assets? That's right, buddy boy. And this is my yacht. Not anymore, and you're gonna be walking the plank. Ooh, Captain Posey Sue, I see some grass-fed beef in between numbers eight and nine. Can I floss him before he walks the plank? Not now, little Timmy. Alright, you scallywag. Time to walk that plank. Get wet? But that will ruin my new iPhone. I'll lose all my contact information. I'll warn you, that's worth fighting for. Oh no, Captain Posey Sue! Woman overboard! <laughs> Thanks to my superior capitalist powers, I've bested this bilge-sucking socialist pirate. <laughs> hey there, Chad Franklin. 
You bought this yacht with investments in dirty energy. Have you no shame about benefiting from the environmental implications of this inequitable distribution of wealth? Should we not unleash the extraordinary productive power of modern capitalism? How can you champion a system that creates such a cruel divide between economic winners and losers? Wait a minute, you two! Can we save this socio-economic discussion until after one of you fishes me out of the drink? What happened to your crew, Captain? But they're pirates. Vegetarian pirates. Well, you'll never get ahead that way. I'm not lifting a finger to save you unless you pay me. Never, you son of a biscuit-eater. Don't worry, Captain Posey Sue. I'll save you. Just grab this pole. Thanks, little Jimmy. You're soaked, you commie pirate. That wet pistol isn't going to do you a bit of good. Now get off my yacht. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. And you can't do anything about it. You're just a little kid, little Timmy. I'm a little kid with pocket full of dental floss. Have some free samples. Ow! Ow! Stop throwing so hard. Those little plastic cases really hurt. I'm for the temple, little Timmy. Hey, that's not... He's out like a light, Captain Posey Sue. Good job. What an arm, little Timmy. Can I tie him up and floss him? You bet, little Timmy. Well, folks, that's the whole story of the liquid assets. Timmy tied up Chad Franklin with all that dental floss, and then we put him aboard one of them stinking oil tankers that he thought was such a good investment strategy. Ah! I sold the liquid asset for parts and used the proceeds to put in a day spa at the old pirate's home. And little Timmy? Well, I'll let him say it himself. Thanks for the iPad, Captain Poldy Sue. Tony, uh, I think, uh, you know, you normally prompt me to thank our cast and writers, but this time, 
I've got all my stuff together. I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm ready for it. We'd like to thank our cast, Tony Flynn, Kevin Decker, Ian Porter, Nancy Roth, Davis Hill, Scott Herrick, and Steve Lloyd. Our writers today are Ann Porter, Kevin Decker, and Tony Flynn. And we'd like to thank The Bad Plus for our theme song. We'd also like to thank those four who, when you put them in a jar of jelly beans, they hardly fit at all. Carrie Boyce, Vern Windham, Nisha Schramm, Nancy Roth, and the only man who steals towels from his own house to leave in hotel rooms, Brian Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs>